right, everyone. I hope you have uh, you're having a good day. Thank you for tuning in and watching my channel or listening to my podcast. I have amazing, amazing person with me today who works in the tourism and he is doing a lot of work in terms of our Waikato tourism. And his name is Jason Dawson from Drum Rolls from Waikato Tourism. So we got specifically him because uh, we wanted to discuss with him about the further future uh, details related to tourism in Waikato and all of the other things. So let's start with Jason. How are you today? Hey, kia ora, Hashmeen. I'm great, thank you. And great to be part of your podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, we, re we really appreciate for you making time and giving us the opportunity to interview you because I really wanted to understand what What's happening in my Waikato? I'm a Waikato girl, after all. Absolutely. So look, I mean, COVID has definitely taken a bit of a hit for uh, the events industry and for the tourism industry because we work hand in hand in that space. Um, but look, outside of the lockdowns, which we've just experienced, um, the Waikato has actually done exceptionally well and rebounded very well um, overall compared to other parts of New Zealand. Uh, we've seen uh, our business events and conferences market grow to second spot behind Wellington. Um, unfortunately, that is due to Auckland's continued lockdowns and their event cancellations. People are coming to Wellington or to the Waikato now for their business events, meetings and conferences. Um, and we've also seen the domestic leisure market really grow and accelerate for us. So before COVID, we were 75% domestic. Um, of course, post-COVID, we are now 99.9% .9 domestic. Um, but we've grown our market share to be the second fastest growing region for New Zealanders. Um, so there's basically ourselves in Queenstown uh, now have 13% market share of the domestic market compared to other parts of New Zealand. So look, that's a really exciting place for us to be. Um, and of course, we're leading into summer and we're now on the traffic light system. So we're really hoping that we can safely get our events up and running again from February, March, uh, right through to actually getting visitors back into the region to explore our amazing Waikato. Oh, that would be amazing to have some visitors here. Uh, let's start about who is Jason Dawson, first of all. We really want to know the person. And uh, one more thing, I want to know how you end up eating vegetarian food on Diwali. How do you know more about Diwali as well? <laughs> Okay, so two things. Who am I? So um, I'm originally from Northland, Te Tai Tokoro. Uh, my iwi is Ngāti Whātua uh, and Ngāpui. Uh, that is my tribe. Uh, and I came to the Waikato about 10 years ago. Um, I was drawn here by uh, a job for Hamilton City Council, leading some of the city events uh, and a number of other activities, including customer services, comms and marketing. So like a really exciting time to come to Waikato. Hamilton was probably um, just on the, on the tipping point to become a truly metropolitan city. So it's been great to be part of the growth. Um, and then I moved into the tourism role about five years ago now. Um, I was originally asked to be uh, someone to come and act in, in the CEO role. And I said, no, I want this job permanently. So um, I applied and, and got the job. So really excited to be here. Love working in the tourism and event sector. Look, as you know, uh, it's something that is really positive. It leaves people with memorable experiences. And our international research regularly shows that when visitors used to come to our country from overseas, they were drawn by our landscapes. Um, but the number one thing they remember when they leave is our people. 
um, that we really leave an indelible mark on their journeys when they come to our country. So it's the way we do things uh, in tourism, you know, it's our, what we call manakitanga, the way we host and look after our visitors while they're here. Um, and then secondly, your other question was, how did I know about Diwali? Uh, so I have had the privilege of actually spending time working, studying and traveling in India, uh, which was fantastic. So while I was in India uh, the last time, we experienced Diwali, uh, obviously the Festival of Light, um, and we got to do everything that we would normally, that you would normally experience if you do uh, live or are from India and celebrate Diwali. So again, we had fireworks, um, on the streets, uh, we had lots of night parties, there was lots of light festivals everywhere, um, there were lamps being lit all over the cities um, when we travelled, and obviously there's also the, the, the celebration of the food um, and coming together as families, so it is like a New Year celebration, so yes, I was excited to actually uh, celebrate Diwali in New Zealand this year with a lot of my Indian friends as well, uh, and truly express Diwali uh, and the meaning of it, which I thought was quite apt given the COVID story that we're in now as a country, um, because it is around reuniting, reflecting on what's gone on in the past, but then looking to the future uh, and, and setting a, a new light and a new direction for the year. So I thought, look, the timing of Diwali in New Zealand this year was really well-timed for us as a country. Yeah, it was. So uh, in terms of, see, we have been in this kind of situation, borders closed from last 18 months. How do you think the businesses are doing? Are we getting any kind of funding from uh, government or something like that specifically? Yes, yeah, so look, we've been really grateful. The government have really stepped up um, during the first national lockdown we had. It seems so long ago, <laughs> in March 2020. <laughs> um, they released the Strategic Tourism Assets Protection Program, or STAP is the acronym. Uh, and that gave money and grants and loans to operators to make sure that they could keep their doors open and still pay their staff. And this was on top of wage subsidies. So it was a really great opportunity for businesses to do interest-free loans if they needed it. And then um, they also issued funding to regional tourism organizations like Waikato Tourism. So we were able to keep our doors open uh, and still market uh, to the domestic market, our businesses and our operators, because they couldn't afford to actually do any marketing. This, is, this, this was a time when normally the industry would fund us to do some of the marketing support for them. We use that money to obviously market the region, uh, market our amazing operators, and then also make sure um, that we could attract new events here and build capability within our sector. So we offered a lot of free training um, around marketing, digital marketing, around your business for Quamark, health and safety, um, risk management, lots of the stuff that is like day-to-day -day business. So we kind of use that time to retrain. Um, and then the government also announced extra funding this year, which we're grateful for under the reset fund. So again, with um, the two years of funding the government has given us has enabled us to still keep all our regions open um, and help our, our businesses adapt to the domestic market if they were international facing. Um, but look, we still have some what I call pinch points in our region. You know, some parts of our region are having their best years ever. Um, with the domestic traveller, but for places like Waitomo, you know, they're down like 95%. You know, sometimes you go to Waitomo Village and there is no one in the streets, no one in the shops. Um, there's the locals there, of course, but 
it's really sad because they are hugely reliant on the international visitor market. And when I say international, even Australians, look, Aussies are, are a really big market for Waitomo. So look, we really look forward to reopening the borders safely. So hopefully we can keep Waitomo businesses going um, and hopefully get more domestic back because many New Zealanders haven't been to Waitomo. Uh, if you're of a certain generation, you might have been there when you were a child, but you've never gone back. And as we know, there's so much more to do in Waitomo. It's just an amazing place. And there's more than one glowworm cave experience. There's like 10 different businesses offering different types of experiences from, you know, uh, underground zip lining in a cave through to blackwater rafting to see glowworms through to just walking tours um, or also going on lots of adventures. So, look, we would love to see more New Zealanders come back to Waitomo. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know. I've been to only one of the Waitomo caves and I've never been to anybody else, anything else. But yeah, interesting to know there are 10 of those. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of different experiences. And we have other things you can do. Look, there's a troll cave for children, um, which is kind of a, you know, a, a tamed down version uh, of a glowworm experience where you've got to you solve clues and riddles to, to get to the next stage. Um, there's a day spa down there, which is just amazing. We, you know, once you've done your cave adventure with, or, or your walk through to a Kuri bushwalk, maybe you just want to relax. So that's a great experience. We've got um, zip lines now. Uh, you know, that opened just before COVID lockdown the first time. So Waitomo zip lines are there. We've got a holiday park. We've got lots of amazing bushwalks um, like Ruakuri bushwalks and gorgeous accommodation options like glamping. Uh, Marakopa Falls, uh, Mangapahoe Natural Bridge, there's so much in Waitomo. So um, we would love people to come back to stay and then also play and explore. Yeah, definitely. That's the best part of New Zealand is you just stay, you go to one place and then you uh, end up seeing so many beautiful places all over the place. So I one time when I came to New Zealand, I was a traveler as well. Oh, right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I discovered uh, a lot of New Zealand too. And still date, I still learn new things about Waikato or all over New Zealand. Uh, what was that? Sorry? Uh, till date, I'm, on, oh. I'm still a tra traveler. I'm oh, always yes, traveling, looking uh, for new things that, to do in New Zealand. So, definitely. yeah. And definitely, I would say I'm blessed that I, um, I'm here. Absolutely, we're all very lucky. And I think yeah. we're still in one of the safest countries in the world right now. So we're grateful, even though there's been some pain for us as, as New Zealanders and as a sector, um, it is still seen as a safe and desirable destination to return to. Um, and I do feel that, look, once we, <laughs> excuse me, once we get through the, the next year, um, hopefully we'll start to see some return of the visitors. Look, and visitors will look quite different um, yep. to us. Because as we all know, and we're going to start to experience soon, if we want to travel overseas, it will cost us a little bit more. Um, times will take a little bit longer. You know, they're talking about eight hours processing times when you go to the airport to go through all the processing and checks that you're going to have to do before you actually board a flight. Um, so there is a expense and a time that will be increased in international travel around the world. But we still know that even apart from all of those barriers, um, our markets still wish to return, you know, our India market, our China market, our US and North America market, and our UK and Europe market, look, they're really keen to return to New Zealand. Um, but because of all those extra times and checks that people are going to have to go through before they board a flight, and when they land in a country, it just might mean you have to stay a bit longer. So, you know, tack on another week. 
ยังมีโอกาสที่จะไปเที่ยวต่างประเทศอีกมากมายเลยนะครับแล้วก็ยังมีโอกาสที่จะไปเที่ยวต่างประเทศอีกมากมายเลยนะครับแล้วก็ย
are also safe as well. So it is just making sure that we all work together as a country and as a sector, which is what we're doing now, to just to, to navigate our new way of working. Um, and I think, look, it will just settle in and mm-hmm. eventually it will just become a normal process that, that we just adopt. Um, and look, and I use the example of, you know, the unfortunate terror attacks we had uh, a few, uh, you know, was it 20 years ago now, um, when literally uh, it changed the way that we travel and we flew. So there's extra screening now that's involved in processing at airports. And look, and that's just become standard practice. We all knew now we have to arrive for a flight three to four hours before they depart just to undergo all the processing and the screening that's required now with your luggage and with your and with whatever you're carrying on your body that day. Um, and we've seen that just become standard practice uh, when you when you travel and use around the world. So we see the extra screening that's required is eventually speeding up so it won't take as long. Um, processing and test times will, will come back and you'll get test results quicker. Um, things will become a bit cheaper and a bit more accessible. And then hopefully we will, it'll just become standard practice. This will be something else that we'll just have to get checked before we board a flight to travel to New Zealand. Yeah, that's true. And so um, is it a good thing, like having the air, uh, having the Waikato Tourism Office next to the airport? Yeah, look, I mean, we are really lucky. So we are part of uh, Waikato Regional Airport Limited. We're a subsidiary company. And I think being at the airport, we are the only tourism agency that's part of an airport company and also based at the airport. I just think it just helps. We're, we're actually where um, we connect the mighty Waikato to, the, to New Zealand and to the world. So I think being, being here at a very busy airport uh, really helps us. Look, it's, it's Hamilton Airport is the fastest growing regional airport in the Air New Zealand network. Uh, we have more flights than ever. There's around 172 flights per week that depart Hamilton. Um, and that's, yes, that's correct. So that's uh, to Auckland, Wellington, um, sorry, to Wellington, Christchurch, uh, and Palmerston North, Nelson, and now Napier. Um, so look, wow. we're really, really lucky that as a, as, a, as a city, we have big and good flight connections to our major metros. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a flight connection to Auckland at this stage. We used to have one, um, but now with the expressway being complete and the Tahuia rail jet trip um, about to relaunch again with a better schedule, uh, we will probably see the growth and the connection to Auckland be through road and through rail. So eventually we'd love to have a flight back to Auckland, which will just inter- uh, connect and hub us to international flights. Wow, that would be so good. Perfect. So... What are we planning for the future now? So what are what are tasks and things to do now? Mm. So look, one of the biggest changes um, that we are seeing, and when we started to, to lead this a few years ago, was what we call reset the tourism sector, particularly here in Waikato. Um, climate change is the number one issue facing the world, uh, no matter what your job is, no matter what your sector or where you live in the world. So for us, tackling climate change and adapting to climate change is our number one priority as a tourism sector. Um, so what we are seeing is because of COVID, it's managed to accelerate um, the regenerative tourism movement, which is something we're leading for our tourism operators. So during COVID lockdowns, we've managed to deliver a co- uh, regenerative tourism leadership program. So that's giving the skills um, and creating conversations with our tourism operators and event managers around different ways that they can actually deliver their business. A regenerative tourism model is more than sustainability. I say it's taking the next step 
a regenerative tourism model is actually, um, it's quite cyclic. It contributes back actively to the communities that your tourism business or your event is held in. So it's more than just ticking a carbon offset box uh, um, to, to offset your carbon. It's more than just making a donation to a pest eradication program. It's actually delivering and creating meaningful jobs for people in that community. It's creating um, training and education opportunities. And it's also contributing actively to that community aspiration. So look, an example for me is Raglan. Uh, mm -hmm. Harbour has been a massive cleanup process for that community over decades. So um, every tourism operator should be actively contributing to the restoration and the maintenance or enhancement of Whaingaro Harbour. And I feel that most of our operators do. They kind of live by that environmental ethos in Raglan. So the great thing is that it's, it's completely aligned. So if you're a tourism business, no matter where you are, um, you actually make magical moments uh, for our visitors. You create those, but then you also actively contribute to the communities you're in. And who wouldn't want that? And I think the great thing about that is that actually will help us with future shocks because look, the COVID pandemic is not going to be the first or the last pandemic the globe will see. We're going to see a number of um, pandemics over, over the coming decade. We're going to see a lot of maybe some more natural disasters, unfortunately, unfold. We've got climate change issues with regards to sea level rising and the types of severity of our storms we're now getting across the globe is getting quite strong. So for us as a, as, as a country and as a region to be able to quickly adapt to climate change and to create not just great employment opportunities, but for all of us, we can actually say, I'm tackling climate change head on. Um, and I think that's where our future workforce want. They want to work in places that actually say that they're actively doing something about climate change rather than just printing it on a brochure to say that we're doing, we're doing stuff. So that's going to be a big part of the way that visitors travel. And that's what our visitors will want and that's what our businesses need. So definitely that's been a big reset for the future. I think the way travellers will come to New Zealand and what they want will, will be different as well. They want to engage with nature. Um, they want to disconnect a lot more because we do live in a 24-hour switched-on society. So to come to New Zealand now is going to be creating experiences for the future that actually just engage with nature more, which is really good for our well-being. So we've seen these new movements like what we call forest bathing, where people might come to Sanctuary Mountain Mangatauteri and just lie in, in the forest in the stillness and just listen to the bird song, to, 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 to the, just to nature and just feel grounded again. Um, right through to literally, you know, restoring, uh, restoring waterways, not actively participating in some of these conservation projects when you come to our country will be seen as something that actually is not only good for the planet, but it's good for you and your well-being. Um, and then I definitely see more about wanting to engage with our Māori culture. Um, so we've seen this big renaissance across New Zealand, which is great, and people wanting to celebrate Te Reo Māori, the Māori language. Uh, Māori language week now goes beyond one week. We now see businesses that are multilingual or bilingual now. Um, we have staff and organisations that actually can speak Te Reo Māori or at least can do their pepeha or talk about the meaning of their place name um, mm -hmm. um, and actually feel confident. So I feel that um, engaging and celebrating our unique culture is going to be the next big thing for, for, for us in tourism. And I think 
it just talks to our values as a country. Look, I've talked about Manakitanga and how well we host as a country, yep. and that's just baked into our DNA. And a lot of that comes from the values of, of Te Ao Māori, from the Māori worldview of the world, which is no different to other First Nation countries. If you go to a country, and let's take India, uh, and you look at the indigenous cultures there and the religions that they have there, um, it's baked into, into how, how it is to be, to, to, to be someone from India. Um, it is about giving and looking after others. It's about making sure that what you do in today's life is, will carry through into your afterlife. So a lot of those values are very similar in the Māori worldview. So it's to make sure that whatever we do today, we are the kaitiaki or the guardians of today. We can pass on safely uh, and hopefully enhance it to the next generation. And then it's also about people to people connection, which is really strong in a number of our cultures, Indian cultures, Chinese culture, Japanese. It's about the face to face relationships and more than having a business relationship. It's about having a relationship with your friends, with your family before we discuss business. And I think, look, that's really important because it goes back to your first question. Who are you? Uh, and that's really what Maori culture is. It's like, who are you? Where do you come from? Tell me your story. And then we can share stories and then we can either do a tourism experience, we can tour, tour our country, or we can actually have a business relationship. So I think the, the rise and again, um, the pride of having Māori as our second language and using tikanga or protocols in our everyday business is something that's going to really accelerate the tourism sector for the future too. Mm, I agree. And uh, what do you uh, what kind of support do we have available for the tourism businesses during this time? Because it would be, we have low staff at the moment. Everyone is struggling with staff. At the same time, uh, we will be having a lot of people coming in. So what what are we planning in those kind of situations? Sure. So um, let's just talk about workforce training and employment. So there's two things we're actively participating in. One is on the representative for the services sector on the regional skills leadership groups. That's been set up by the government, Ministry for Business, Innovation and Employment. And that's to develop a regional workforce plan for Waikato and for every other region. They have their own regional groups as well. So I represent services sector, which includes tourism, events, um, professional services, uh, call centres, real estate agents, the aviation sector, um, public sector. So anyone who's in a service type role um, is represented by me at that group. So I'm making sure right now that the services sector is top of mind with regards to the future of workforce development and training in our, in our region. Because to me, the services sector, we are a gateway sector to all those other sectors. Whether you want to move or qualify or train and go into the tech sector, into education or to health, when you're studying or when you first leave work or when you're at school, you actually normally get a job in the service sector. So it could be retail, hospitality, tourism, events. So it's really important that we actually want to keep those people engaged. So attracting young people into the sector is really important. So looking at marketing campaigns and doing career fairs, working with guidance counsellors to help children and students make some really well-informed decisions about where they believe is right. What I love about the tourism and services sector is where you can be yourself. Um, you don't have to be someone else. You can be authentic and real about who you are as a person. So that's a great attractor. We've talked about climate change, but we're going to be a sector that's going to lead in tackling climate change for the country. Um, and we see Air New Zealand as our national airline also looking at that. Look, they are the lowest 
emitting airline in the world with regards to carbon. Yes, aviation is still a big contributor, but look, they're testing um, right now electric and hydrogen planes. So what we will see is potentially our domestic network in the next five years switch to hydrogen or mm -hmm. at least to electric. And that will enable us to actually definitely tackle carbon um, head on as a travel and tourism sector. I think, so that's, that's the, um, the workforce side and also providing better training opportunities. But not only is it about attracting young people into the sector, we are also looking at returning workers. So we need to attract people back, like, like we said earlier. Lots of people have unfortunately left the sector, the service sector during COVID. They've gone into different jobs. They've got more hospitable hours. And they're saying, actually, I quite like what I'm doing now. But we would love to see some of those people come back. And it's to kind of market that there's more then true service roles you can do in the tourism sector. Look, we have marketing roles, HR, we have technology roles, you have your digital marketing, um, we have international travel trade, we have sales, uh, we, have, we have so many different roles that you can do in the tourism and event sector that we just need to start promoting those different types of career opportunities. And then lastly, we have our grey or our retiring workforce. You know, now potentially those people still have purpose and value and we're really going to start to lose some very talented people some huge experience out of the sector so we would love them to stay on maybe part-time maybe doing some mentoring but we still see some power in actually using and and celebrating those that have worked for you know, 20 to 40 years in the sector they've got a lot to give and a lot to share and learn from so we still want to retain their services so we feel that if we have a three-pronged approach attracting young people we reach attracting people back to the sector, returning people, and then looking at the, you know, the, the seniors that are looking to retire a bit earlier, we still want them to stay in the business. So, so I think that, that will help us tackle that area as well. Um, and then lastly, about, was it two weeks ago, we attended a national tourism workforce wānanga, um, where we had to pitch ideas. We did a Dragon's Den uh, style event over two days and we had to pitch our ideas to the directly to the Minister of Tourism, Stuart Nash. So look, he, he's gone away now with a number of great ideas. And what I loved about the ideas that we all came up with was that they're grounded in realism. Look, we, we, weren't, we were trying to be aspirational, but we also had to keep it real. And it was around the sector also stepping up to say we could deliver some, some changes like micro-credentials. So, so actually getting qualified while you learn, while you work as well. So you're not doing big degrees or big diplomas. Micro-credentials are little ticks along the way that actually you might get points um, which will actually contribute to overall at the end of your employment or when you move into a new job or if you decide to stay to an overall qualification. And it's probably similar to an apprenticeship scheme. So you get to experience different parts of the tourism and events businesses. You decide which is your area and then you might just study while you actually earn and learn. So that would be a great opportunity. So again, nothing too radical, just looking at different ways that we can actually grow our workforce and actually train them for the future. Mm. And then we, we are also uh, coming up with a new video for Mighty Waikato. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love your video, specifically the background music and the background person talking. Oh, I love it. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Definitely marketing a bit more. Um, yeah. And to locals. Always. So what do you think? What kind of message would you like to give to the listeners or the prospective uh, people who are visiting us soon? 
So look, what I would say is make sure you get out and about. So a third of our market here in Waikato is actually local residents. You know, you might live in Raglan and then you might go up to Tiaroha, you might live in Merimere and you might decide to come down to Waitomo. So we have a very transient and huge geographic population. So my plea for locals is definitely spend and support local. And I know many of you have been, which has been fantastic. You've supported your local shop, your local butcher, your local cheesemaker, your local baker. So look, but we would love you to support your local tourism operator. There are some people there like Cornerstone Alpaca Farm out at Gordonton. There's Zilong Tea. There's a surf school at Raglan. There is so much amazing stuff you can experience in your own backyard. So my plea is to get Waikato residents out and about the summer to explore their own region. Um, and if you can't do that, or you want to give the gift of Christmas, gift an experience instead. I think we're a, if COVID's taught us anything, it's that buying things does not fulfill you, but doing things really does. And doing things together as friends and family. So I would suggest and love everyone to buy experiences this summer. Um, so we've launched a campaign with Tourism New Zealand where you can buy gifting experiences. So you could experience stuff as a family, like going back to Waitomo Caves, but doing one of the adventure versions. Imagine doing that with your grandmother, your, your, your dad, and your brother or sister. It would be so cool. So creating memories is really important. So make sure you get out there and you buy some gift vouchers this summer. Um, and then we also run a regular hot deals uh, section on our website, waikato.nz.com. So check out that website regularly. There is always weekly or daily deals that get posted where you can get, you know, great discounts, but also some extra value. You might get a, you know, a free cup of coffee when you book one of the food experiences. So look at, look, keep looking at the deals website, gift experiences. And then lastly, for those people that are not from the Waikato or from New Zealand, when you come to our region again, would love you to stay. So if you had a great experience when you're here visiting us or when you come to one of our world-class events and you think, oh, I'd really love to live here in the Waikato, talk to one of us. You know, we're locals here now. Um, Hashmin can give you plenty of tips about why it's amazing to live here in the Waikato. But, you know, we are in the most strategically important place in New Zealand. We're in the Golden Triangle between the Bay of Plenty, Auckland and Waikato. And what I would say is you can have a great career here, but also have a great lifestyle. You've got, you've got some of the best schools in New Zealand to educate your children. Um, and then also, look, you can just do so much. We can be somewhere else in our region really quickly, which is really great. You could be on the river, on a lake. You could be climbing a mountain. You could be on the West Coast surfing uh, all within minutes. So look, a really great region to live in as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I came here eight years ago, so I, I can tell it's the right thing to do. Fantastic. And last, uh, one more last thing. It's like five giveaway, give, uh, sorry, five takeaways from Jason Dawson. Can be inspirational, can be motivational, anything. Okay, sounds great. I love it. Wow, on the spot, but let's try and see how we go. So look, number one is definitely uh, explore New Zealand. Um, and so even though I'd love you all to explore the Waikato, that should be on your list. Um, but definitely just explore all of our country. Aotearoa New Zealand is a beautiful and diverse country where you can have skiing, you know, snow and Alps. We've got deserts, we've got rivers, we've got East Coast beaches with white sand through to West Coast black sand beaches. Like there is, it's the most diverse country geographically in the world so why would you not visit your country first so definitely get out and about 
Um, number two, be kind to yourself. And look, and I think we heard a lot of that during COVID. But when I say be kind to yourself, I also feel like it's about being kind to others. But look after yourself first. Look, don't, don't feel like you're being selfish if you decide to say no to something. Don't feel bad if you decide not to go to a function or event because actually you want to do something for you. Do, do things for you every day that you can look back on every day and be grateful for. So definitely practice gratitude. And don't feel bad if you decide to treat yourself to a coffee every day or take your dog for a walk or decide, actually, I'm going to go for a tramp or I'll go and spend my, my, my day at one of our great day spas. So don't be afraid to be kind to yourself as well. It's really important. Number three, reconnect with someone that you haven't heard from in a long time. I think, again, at the moment, it's so powerful to receive a phone call or a visit from someone you haven't heard from in a while. You just feel like, wow, someone's looking out for me and checking, check, checking in on me. So I think it's really important people do that, particularly as we come out of COVID. Um, people just want to know that they've still got a great circle of friends, that there's reasons to connect again. And again, I think we've been so insular and isolated throughout the different lockdowns of COVID that it's great to reconnect again, just like what we're doing now, even though it's virtually, it's awesome to see you again. Um, right, up to number four. I definitely think I would love you to gift an experience uh, for Christmas and something you haven't done. So buy something for someone else, but then buy something for yourself. And look, we've got lots of new products and experiences that, that, are, that have launched this summer. So we've got the new, you know, picnic in the field at Zilong. Um, there's the second breakfast. If you really don't want the big grand banquet at Hobbiton, you could have a second breakfast and, and live like a hobbit. Um, we've got some amazing new products like the day spa down in Waitomo as well. So look at some of these new things that we have going on in our region and make sure that you, that you either gift it for yourself or gift it for a friend. And then number five is enjoy one of our summer events this year. So look, our events are back. You know, we've got the World Cricket Women's World, the World Cricket Women's, sorry, the Women's Cricket World Cup here in the Waikato. It kicks off end of February. So we're really excited to get to Seddon Park and see some of the best women cricketers in the world come to our country. So make sure you get along to that. We've got the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival kicking off uh, at the end of February, which is exceptional. We have the Kiwi Indigo Festival inside Hamilton Gardens Festival, where you can experience all our beautiful cultures that we do have here. We are a multicultural region, so get along there. And these are free. We have so many free events. Plus, we have some amazing concerts and paid ticketed events like Teeks, Tammy Nielsen coming, Reb Fountain, Julia Dean. So definitely get out and experience our our amazing events this summer. And also we've got Sound Splash, look, one of our first big summer festivals, which kicks off in January. Um, that's happening in Mystery Creek this year instead of Raglan. Um, so it'll get along to that. Kafia Kai Festival on Waitangi Day. If you want to really get a taste of traditional Māori food, head on down to Kafia on Waitangi Day for the Kafia Kai Festival. So look, definitely experience one of our events. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, uh Jason, it was amazing for you to come over and discuss about how things are going to change since uh, doors are opening for us soon. So yeah, looking forward to that. And thank you again for your time. And we will be posting this video and I'll share the link with you. And thank you so much again. Any, no. Lastly, any other word you want to say? I don't mind you talking because I just <laughs> love the way you 
you're talking about things you know it's amazing people will be so excited to hear about tourism Yes, look, I mean, I suppose my last comment is, look, check out our website. There is, I mean, I've talked about so many things during this podcast, but if you go to waikatoanz.com, um, there's access to all our social media channels. So you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, um, but you can also go to our website. Look, you can plan your events. You can choose some great experiences. You can even buy some cool products. So again, if you want to know any, any more about some of the stuff I've talked about, go to our website. It'd be great to see you there. Perfect. Thank you so much again. It was amazing to connect with you. I'm just going to stop recording.